Imagine this, my friends. What if imaginary friends were something more? Or had the potential to be more? Could you unknowingly unleash demons or other entities that assume the identity of your childhood or even adulthood imaginary friend? Could you form a tulpa or thought form? Have you done so already? Were they never imaginary to begin with? Was it your id, your subconscious, your supraconsciousness? Are psychic humans or aliens manipulating you? Or are you schizo? We discuss this and more on this episode of Learning to Curse. Cursed. I am your host, Adam, and on this special episode, I am joined by my special co-host. <laughs> We're doing this? Yep. Hi, I'm also Adam. Welcome, Adam. Thanks. I'm happy to be here, all out in the open for the world to hear me. Yeah, still not so sure that's a good idea. Yeah, it'll be fine. I won't say anything worse than you have, I'm sure. Yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> Anyways, on this episode, I am flying solo, kind of. Kind of. So I chose a fun topic that fits the occasion. Imaginary friend. And my co-host, Adam, is a great example what? of something. No, yeah, you such. watch your goddamn mouth. I'm real, I tell you. But before we explore imaginary mm. friends, ooh, dirty, <laughs> let's knock out some promos, shall we? Let's. Where can they find us? Earth. No, I mean more specifically, you jackass. The Sonoran Desert. You know what I... And all the social medias, such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twats, and you can email us at learningcurse at gmail.com. And remember, if you see something, say something. Say something. Yeah. Let us know about your paranormal experiences. And let us know how we're driving at 8675309. All right. Now let's do this. Friendly Unimaginables. <laughs> no. Unfriendly Imaginables and Imaginary Friends with Benefits. No, that's, that's just masturbation. Monosexual illusory thought buddies. Yeah. All right. Imaginary friend. By definition is... Imaginary. imaginary. Existing only in the imagination. Friend. Friend. A person whom one knows and with whom one has a bond of mutual affection, typically exclusive of sexual or what? family... There's nothing wrong that's, with that. Or that's... family relations. Sex buddies. Imaginary friends. Or invisible friends from yeah. 10 to the end. Or whatever you like to call them. Are a psychological and social phenomenon mm -hmm. where a friendship takes place in one's imagination rather than externally in the physical reality. Children typically understand that their imaginary friends are not real, mm -hmm. despite the potential for them to feel so very real. It is believed that the first studies on imaginary friends were conducted during the 1890s. Way back when. Now, there isn't much information about the origin of imaginary friends. Yeah. It has been reported that imaginary companions were originally thought to be supernatural creatures Ooh. and spirits that connected people Ooh. with their past lives. Adults in early history had entities such as household gods and guardian angels Angles. or angles and muses mm -hmm. that functioned as imaginary companions to provide comfort, guidance, and inspiration for creative work. Yep. Eventually, the phenomenon Yeah, you're right. Ba -da -da -da. Phenomena of imaginary companions uh, were passed on to children. Da -da. Da -da. Though the era, there's a child in the background. 
Yes, that's uh, Messenger Benjamin, our other special guest. Though the era when children began having imaginary friends is unknown, is it? But it is possible. The mm. phenomenon appeared in the mid-20th century when childhood was emphasized as an important time to play and imagine. Imagine all the people. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. However, in more recent history, during recent. my research, I came across a survey that was conducted in the UK. UK? It kind of dooms the imaginary friend, unfortunately. Dun, dun, so dun. sad. It states, children too busy with their iPads to have an imaginary friend as nursery more workers British. say tradition is dying off. More British. Huh? Oh, okay. Well, screens could be killing off the imaginary friend, according to nursery bosses. As a new survey found that majority of staff believe the childhood tradition is in danger of dying out. Oh, no. Fewer children are now thought to claim invisible companions as their own, which has prompted concerns that imaginations are being adversely affected. A study of 1,000 nursery workers indicates that almost three in four nursery owners to sound Australian. managers, yeah, I know, I'm turning Australian, <laughs> And staff think fewer children have imaginary friends now than five years ago. No why? Almost two-thirds of those two surveys suggested screens are making children less creative. And dumber. This is actually kind of sad. Yeah. You know, as I see a benefit in having imaginary friends. Definitely. Imaginary friends can help them build their yeah, and imagination. It can help them develop social skills. Mm -hmm. Which brings us to... Parasocial relationships. Yep. Parasocial interaction, PSI, is PSI. a term coined by Donald Horton and Richard Wall. Richard Wall? Yeah, Richard Wall. Like all in all another dick in the wall? <laughs> in 1956, to refer to a kind of psychological relationship experienced by an audience mm -hmm. in their meditated encounters with performers in the mass media, particularly on television, TV. viewers or listeners come to consider media personalities as friends, <laughs> despite having limited interactions with them. PSI is described He's as an illusionary experience, such that media audiences interact with personas, e.g. talk show host, celebrities, fictional characters, social media influencers uh, as of late, and as if they are engaged in a reciprocal relationship with them. Loza. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> now see, this could even be beneficial. Oh, certainly. So long as it doesn't turn into delusion, like us right now. Yerp. Now, before we get into the paranormal side of the subject, okay. let's consider the mental states and conditions an individual yeah. can be in or have that could be misconstrued as legit paranormal experiences. Let's. Let's. Periodolia. Auditory hallucinations. Schizophrenia. Anxiety. Delusion. PTSD. Sleep deprivation. Intoxication. Psychedelics. Hypnosis. And that is just a few. Yeah, definitely. But what about accounts that can't be explained by psychosis? Well, now we're talking spirits. Spirits. Speak spirits. <laughs> speaking with you in your mind or in some Ooh. manner that others cannot hear. Like, perhaps you're speaking to them psychically, telepathically. Perhaps a psychic is messing with you. Yeah. It could be some other entity like a cryptid, an extraterrestrial, or an interdimensional being. Spookies. It could be a topa or thought yeah. form. Each case would vary, and any of these things are possible, though all, are possible. all we could do is speculate, really, Yeah. until we can focus in on one particular case and get definitive proof. Which we will. But, but, these are some of the possibilities. They indeed are. And there have been plenty of stories of alleged oh, yeah. spirits, cryptids, extraterrestrials, interdimensional beings, and psychics interacting with people. Yep. Um, 
and I'm sure we'll be covering tons of these stories in the oh, future yeah. where we have an individual that sounds like they're delusional. Bad shit crazy. Ba yeah, bad shit crazy. <laughs> claiming to communicate with someone or something but while the rest of us think it is in their head. But, is, but it might just be more. Yeah. Now, yeah. let's get to the speculations, speculations and other fun shit. But first, I'm at my, my breaking point. point. And we're back. We're back. Now, before we pull into Speculation Station, mm -hmm. we have a super bonus feature we for you. do. When we do a Tulpa episode, which we will in Season 3, yeah. we'll teach you how to make Tulpas. But yep. for this episode, we will stick with the imaginary friend theme, which is kind of like a Tulpa. Yes, it is. Anyways, here is our super bonus feature for this super episode. How, how to, to summon, summon your imaginary friend. friend. Here is how it's done. First off... You find a space where you can sit comfortably for a long period of time. There should be at least an arm's length of space between you, any walls, windows, or mirrors. You should not be able to see a mirror or a highly reflective surface from your seated position. When you are ready, turn off the lights and close the door. Turn yep. off the lights and close the door. <laughs> Recite this poem. My oldest friend so, so long, long ignored. ignored. Come back to me from the night's dark shore. My invitation I, I now renew, that I might spend the, the night, night with you. you. Repeat and establish a rhythm. Continue until you sense a change in the room. Such as breathing beside your own, a drop in the temperature, creaking floorboards, etc. <clears throat> Confirmation bias. Yeah. yeah. Well, once you realize you are not alone, you must remain quiet and still. Most commonly, it will be behind you. Never turn to look at it. It will try many things to get you to look at it, but you must resist. If you look at it, then you are lost. Forever. Continue to repeat. Ask and I shall yep. answer. It may take minutes or hours, but it will eventually ask its riddle. You have until dawn to answer. If you fail, you can never play this game again. From then on, you will need to sleep with the lights on, as they don't like the light. If you answer correctly, then you will be set a task. Do not move until you are certain it has gone. The task will be difficult and it will take you outside your comfort zone, but you have unlimited chances to complete it. If you have managed to complete the task, congratulations. congratulations. That was the first test. Your friend will soon come again, and this time without being called. Ooh. Now, the whole idea here with this ritual is yeah. to summon back a friend you had in childhood. The one that no one else could see. Imaginary friend. Yep. And who you forgot as you grew older and put aside such childish things. Yeah, asshole. <laughs> now, I can't say that I had imaginary friends, yeah. but I did imagine what it would be like having siblings as a kid. Because mm -hmm. I have four siblings, actually, we of all different ages, and none I grew up with. So it was like, kind of like I was the only child, we yeah. were, if that makes sense. I, I remember a phase of my childhood where I wouldn't imagine in detail, mind you, yeah. what it would be like to have siblings. Now, perhaps if I do this ritual, since I didn't have an imaginary friend, maybe they would come through? I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Nope. Um, other entities, probably more likely, mm. but we'll see. I, I don't I don't think bullshit. it'll happen. But you know, personally I think this ritual bullshit. is bullshit. But but magic is all about belief, not purely ritual. <laughs> ritual is nothing without belief. Yeah. It is the power of belief that makes this shit allegedly work. Right. Shall we give it a go? We shall. Alright, lights out. Gorilla Radio. Door has been closed. Imaginary friends may open a new one. I can't reach the walls nope. and there are no mirrors around me or reflective surfaces. Mm-hmm. Now let's recite this poem. Now, we will do so for several yeah. rotations to see if um, we sense anything, right? like tappy taps or yeah. breathy breaths. But we won't go for too long, yeah. as this is a podcast and not a sleepover magic party. <laughs> so if nothing happens in this go-around, nothing will. Huh? 
Nothing. Get it? Nothing? You're right. If nothing comes of it, that isn't definitive proof that it doesn't work. We're just doing a short version yeah. to show you how it's done. And if something does come of it, awesome. And if nothing comes of it, I right. told you so. All right, let's do this. All right, now we're going to consolidate because, you know, we don't want anything to be misconstrued as us faking, you know what I mean? Like faking extra voices in this take. So I'm going to center this mic and it's just going to be me, 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 Adam. No, no additional Adams. So, all right, let's do this. My oldest friend so long ignored. Come back to me from the night's dark shore. By invitation I now renew that I might spend the night with you. My oldest friends so long ignored. Come back to me from the night's dark shore. My invitation I now renew that I might spend the night with you. My oldest friends so long ignored. Come back to me from the night's dark shore. My invitation I now renew that I might spend the night with you. My oldest friends so long ignored, come back to me from the night's dark shore. My invitation I now renew, that I might spend the night with you. Yeah, I don't sense anything. I mean, perhaps I could do it longer, but I mean, I, I think if I don't believe that something's gonna happen, then, yeah, then nothing's really gonna happen, right? I mean, yeah. So there's that. Go ahead and try this uh, if you want. Um, I think this will be enough for this session. If I hear EVP while editing this episode, I will comment on it on the end of the episode. If not, then, well, then nothing happened. But try this out for yourselves if you dare. And let us know how it goes for you by dropping us a comment on this social media or at learningtocurse at gmail.com. All right, it's speculation station time. Now, I'm still going to keep the voice consolidated, keep it simple, straightforward. Um, I am going to be talking to myself still, so it's going to be a little weird, but I'm going to ask myself some questions and I'm going to go ahead and speculate on them a little bit. So enjoy my weirdness. Number one, while it is said that it is healthy to have an imaginary friend as a child, could this put you at risk for an entity stepping in? Well, definitely. Providing they really exist. I mean, especially if it's a child. However, I think there's greater risk of somebody with mental illness, you know, with auditory hallucinations having something interact with them. Because even at a young age, I think children can understand the difference between a voice that thinks and speaks for itself as opposed to one that they're creating the dialogue for. But like in the case for the case where a child gets so into their imagination, which we know they can, um, that the lines are blurred between reality and the imaginary, then I feel they can become susceptible too, to an entity interacting with them as one of the child's imaginary creations. All right. And question two. Could entities gaslight you? And by the way, guys, this is, this is fucking weird. Not having Chuck and Dukes to play off of and interact with, but we will continue. Um, could entities gaslight you? Yeah, why not? I think a great way for an entity con to conceal itself and protect itself from being separated from the human, the host, if you will, especially in the case of possession, um, would be to make people surrounding the victim think the person is crazy, right? As well as, and primarily, uh, the one they're interacting with. So, yeah, why not? Why not gaslight? And for those of you who aren't familiar with that term, um, gaslighting means, and here's the definition for it, 
the dictionary definition. Gaslighting means to manipulate someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. And the term originated from the 1938 play Gaslight, known in the US as Angel Street, by the British dramatist Patrick Hamilton, and two film adaptations, 1940 and 1944, both named Gaslight, about a woman whose husband slowly manipulates her into believing that she is gone sane, right? So that's gaslighting, in a nutshell. And yeah, I think NCDs can do that. Third question. Could they possibly push your consciousness out of the way and possess you like alleged demon possession cases? See, I don't see why not. Again, this is providing possession is a real thing, right? Which we will dive uh, deeper into on future episodes. But in this case, it would be a transition from having an imaginary companion to believing this imaginary companion is no longer imaginary due to like an entity stepping in or giving said imaginary companion so much energy like a tulpa that you weren't even aware that the entity is taking over, okay? And then, of course, the progression could be the entity just fully possessing the victim, full on. Because honestly, for an entity to step into the role of an imaginary friend, there would have to be a little bit of possession to start with, in my opinion. That's just me. I could be wrong. All right, next question. Um, is spontaneous PK required for someone's imaginary friend, topa, or thought form to interact with the physical world? See, I think it could really come down to the power of belief. I know I keep saying that on a lot of episodes, but if one were to believe that their imaginary friend is more, I could see it turning into a topa or thought form. The more attention you give it, the more belief you have in it, the more powerful it could become. Now, could it act on its own? Sure, but I think it's still an extension of you, perhaps subconsciously. Um, but to physically affect the external world, you, would, you wouldn't just need the ability of telekinesis, but spontaneous PK or telekinesis. Um, so that part of you could physically move things independently of you thinking you were controlling it and independently of you physically moving it, if that makes sense. Again, another question about tulpas and thought forms. Um, could tulpas and thought forms become strong enough to become completely independent of their creator? This kind of goes with the other one. Um, yeah, I mean, that I'm not sure of. I mean, we'll talk about more when we dive deeper in future episodes, but I think in the case of tulpas, they could, the strongest they can get would probably be along the lines of seemingly independent of their creator, but still tethered subconsciously. If that makes sense. Now, next question. Can multiple people share an imaginary friend, co-feeding it like a topa and experiencing the same phenomena from it? Can this happen with fictional characters? Now, I think for an imaginary friend to get to that point where you're experiencing phenomena from it, you're either going to be delusional or it's going to be a topa. And as far as two people experiencing the same thing, I think it's psyching each other into believing, like, like this bandwagon effect, with one thinking that they're experiencing the same thing because they want to so badly, or, you know, it's, it's suggestive. Like, one person thinks that they're experiencing something and they mention it and the other experiences it. I think, in this case, for it to be legit... Um, I don't think it would be beyond an imaginary friend, definitely. So we're out of that realm. 
uh, topa or a thought form. You're both feeding it, uh, two or more people feeding it. The only way it would be believable that this thing is independently thinking. Now this is like going back to the other question. Uh, could they be independent of their creator? Um, the only way that you could prove this is really if two or three or more people experience something, don't say it out loud, write it down, and compare notes. Are you all experiencing the same exact thing, or are you, or is one person experiencing something, or it, it may be something completely non-related, like something falls, and then when somebody opens their mouth and says, "Well, that was the topa." Then the others have an option to buy into that. See, I think it would have to be, uh, the controlled test here would be an experience happens. If you can find a way to provoke it and make it happen, you know, at will. Topa does something, everybody writes it down, what the experience, and they compare notes. In that case, then yeah, I think uh, they can co-feed a Topa. Um, can this happen with fictional characters? No. We will be talking about chaos magic in the future, and they do pull from fictional characters. You can use like you can use like a character like Batman. Like if you need something that you know about that character, like his smarts and his bravery and shit like that, you can use that in a way. But I mean, as far as like making a topa of Batman, I mean, no, that's yeah, you're not. That's not gonna happen. It, it won't be. Yeah, you get what I mean. All right, now we could speculate all night long, but sadly, it's time to leave the speculation station. Because, quite frankly, this is weird. It's weird. It's weird. Frank and Dukes, I miss you guys. This is, uh, it's been fun, but it's different. It's different doing this by you lonesome, even when you talk to yourself. But, uh, yeah, we're going to hit this with the protopo now. What is the protopo? It's something that Chuck and Dukes and I are still working out. The Poe, the probability of existence scale. We talked about it a little bit earlier on in the season, but um, for now we'll just apply the protopo, basically scoring this topic the best we can with the data and info we discussed in this episode. It isn't a whole lot, but still, here we go. First, let's formulate a question related to the topic. Can imaginary friends lead to paranormal activity? Now, to that, I would have to say that the probability is pretty high, okay, despite lack of evidence. But I think in most cases, children have an imaginary friend is harmless, even adults, so long as there is always a clear understanding that the imaginary friend is not real, right? I think once the creator is not sure or they become delusional, that can invite danger, seriously. Um, can entities or psychics use someone with an imaginary friend to manifest themselves? Sure, why not, if they're real. If someone is actively participating in giving energy to a fictitious character, uh, fleshing them out, making them realistic, I think that could easily make them susceptible to an entity or human with the ability, if they exist, to manipulate them via the imaginary friend. Because why not? Or tulpa and so on. I think an imaginary friend is a lot like creating a tulpa. Or a thought form. But again, I think the difference would be the clear understanding that the imaginary friend is just that. An imaginary friend. And if something or someone tried to convince the creator otherwise, they would need to be wise enough to know the difference between the fabricated character and any activity they don't control. They, they don't have control of. And in the case of there being activity beyond their perceived control, I think one should have an evaluation done, honestly. 
this, this sounds a little mean, but they should have an evaluation done by a medical professional to rule out mental illness first, first and foremost. But anything beyond that, well, then we're talking potential paranormal activity. And honestly, that is when I would say the probability is pretty high. Once everything else is ruled out and we can't find the answer, then yeah, definitely. It may be paranormal. Well, all right. I think that about covers it for imaginary friends. And if they have anything to do with the paranormal or could lead to the paranormal. If you want to join in on our extended conversation on this topic and others, join our Facebook group. What are you waiting for? We would love to hear from our listeners and converse about all things paranormal with you. And don't forget to hit us up on all the social medias. Follow us on the social meds and write us at learningtocurse at gmail.com. And stick around after the outro musica for more musica. I have an oldie but goodie for you. Yep, a little something I recorded several years back and it totally fits this episode's subject. So I totally want to share it. Um, it's a song called Between the Lines by an old project I was in called The Ghost in the Way, which is yours truly being a one-man band, basically. So listen to the whole damn thing because, honestly, the second verse throws a twist at you and it totally fits in with the topic of this episode. And class is dismissed. inside me and I see the shit you do So many times I wanted to just give up and die And all my misery I hate the world and all its lies Question, who the fuck are you? The darkest part of you, watching everything you do. I know you live inside me, and I see the shit you do. Of course you do, and I'll continue to inspire you. So many times I wanted to just give up and die. But you feel that suicide, you're gonna have to destroy your life. And all my misery, I hate the world and all its lies. Your wish is granted, but you're permitted to score over a thousand lives.
had an imaginary friend. Yes. And what was her name? Billy. Billy? Yes. Was it a boy or a girl? It was a boy. Okay. Well, around what age would you say you were when you had this uh, imaginary boyfriend? Boy. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I'd say second grade, so I don't know, about, what would that be, like nine? Something like Ish, that? Yeah. Ish, yeah. Nine-ish? Yeah, something like that. Around the right age for an acceptable age for having an imaginary friend. Oh, yeah. Now, did you ever at any point have any inkling that this friend could be more than just... That sounds dirty. Let me rephrase that. More than just a friend? <laughs> oh, all the time, more, sweetie. More than just imaginary. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, sometimes. But, I mean... Did you feed like, it with enough info, like uh, create enough imagina- uh, imagination and creativity that you thought that this could be real? Um... Like I mean, a tomba. Yeah, once or twice. Once or twice? Yeah. Only once or twice. Only once or twice. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, yeah. whoa. Whoa. Because, I mean, I'd, I'd be doing something, you know, playing a game with them. Then, you know, I leave the room to go to the bathroom. I come back and some stuff has moved. Oh, so this is like spontaneous PK. Yeah. I say that because, you know, if it really is a part of your own subconscious that well, you I mean, created this thing. Well, I mean, also be, you know, that, you know, I moved it and I didn't remember moving yes. this thing. Yeah, so confirmation bias. Yeah. It's real because it's, it, that it's happens. usually times when I'm alone, so, you know. Uh, Your mind jumps to like, trying to rationalize it, but, you know, nobody else is here, and I don't remember doing that shit. Exactly.